Shall we do this? Yeah. All right. We are live. Um, wait, I'll just get rid of my tea bag. Okay. Because we'll get pretty strong otherwise. Not not really live though, right? Just recording now. Recording, yes, yes. Uh, wel- welcome, Jack Hurt, to our uh, fabulous uh, podcast here. It looks really nice. <laughs> First time on the new. Uh, podcast podium we could call it maybe right yeah yeah podcast podium uh, podcast plant po- you know elevated studio yeah so we're back in in my studio because um it's been a while since i did one here it's maybe i think maybe half a year ago so i tend to do them at demon's mouth now lately uh that's also why you're here right yes you did a fantastic show at demon's mouth now thank you and uh and uh you're welcome. <laughs> Just second time here in Oslo, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, the first time was about four years ago. Hmm. Um, and uh, I don't remember why I was here that time. I think I just came to see it. Oh no, I was I was trying to get a hold of this um of this curator so I could talk to her hmm. about a piece at um. I don't even remember which museum it was now because I never, I never, never pinned her down. Mm. She didn't have time. Mm. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, but it was still a good trip. Yeah. It was around Eastern. I remember we did a, a trip to a cabin. Yes. Yes. This was good. Together with uh, uh, Richard Alexander, who uh, sadly uh, passed away mm-hmm. a year later or two years later. Um, I think two years later. I think it was two years later. Yeah. That was quite tragic. Yes. Yeah, so four years went by in a in a heartbeat. Yeah, oh. yeah. I I haven't really done anything since I was here last. I get <laughs> I do everything here. I do. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, you're actually uh, uh, um, the artist I was talking to in the previous podcast. Also comes from Los Angeles, like you. Oh right. Uh, Paul Payment and uh, and. Uh, so it's great to have another L.A., uh, L.A., how do you say it? Angelino. Angelino. That's what we are, yeah. Uh, Angelinos. Although, uh, you know, that's only, people only say that in, in like, textbooks, I think. Sorry, I just had to adjust it. It was falling, falling yes. off. That's how professional we are here, yeah. We adjust everything during the the show, so you get all these nice sounds. Mm. But you were born and raised in Los Angeles, right? No, I was I was born in um, in New York City. Yeah. And then I grew up upstate and uh, went to high school in the Berkshires and what all the, like what, what does upstate mean? Because I hear that <laughs> term a lot. What, oh what? yeah, uh, it just means not New York City. You know, New York State is like probably one of the biggest states in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, and there's so that could a, there's mean anything, right? Yeah, it could mean anything. Yeah. So, so what does it mean specifically for you then? Would you? Well, the Hudson River runs from like Montreal down through the middle of New York. Yeah. Uh, in into New York City, you know, it's one of the one of the rivers that makes Manhattan Island an island. Yeah. And uh, on its way to New York City, it goes past uh, my mom's house, like a couple hours north. Couple hours north, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Huh. 
So that's about where. But that that's that should be quite similar to to uh, to the climate you have here, then maybe. I guess so. Yeah, I I think it's probably a little bit colder here, mm. but uh, more or less, yeah, really temperate, seasonal. Huh. I had that for a lot of my life, but I'm I've been in Los Angeles for I think about seven years now, and I'm pretty pretty soft. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me here a little bit in that way. <laughs> in every other way, it's very easy, but my feet are always cold. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, the the other other people from LA they had the same uh, problem, and we we thought it was really warm here. Uh, you know, I still think it's really warm. Uh, but yeah, well, enough about the weather and shit. <laughs> uh, mm. No, so you uh, you flew out here. You came last week, right? A week ago. Yeah, I, I got What's here on sa- Saturday. Yeah. Friday or Saturday of, of last week. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, put the show together for, for the rest of that week. And then the opening was just last Friday. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I guess the flight had gotten sort of screwed up. Um, yeah, I was supposed to leave in, I think like Thursday evening and then it was delayed like nine, nine hours or so. So I was just in the airport up all night. And when I got here, it was sort of dusk. It was like a six hour time change from New York. And, um, it, it was sort of so magical arriving somehow. It was like cool. The air was crisp. The sky was like this silver. Yeah. For some reason, you know, I didn't really know what time of day it was supposed to be, so it was sort of dusk, I guess. But yeah. it seemed like it was just like that all the time, this, like, weird silver sky and, like, <laughs> crisp air. And everybody scuffling around on the cobblestones mm. um, in their leather-soled shoes and uh, pea coats and stuff like that. And I thought, ah, it's just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that all the time. Just we switch it to normal now when you're... Uh, 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 that, that's really nice. Yeah, I'm... I remember this similar feeling arriving to Los Angeles because when you fly there, you fly endlessly over these lights. Just put it on the floor. And uh, you you fly over the lights, you know, and it goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the first time I arrived at night. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and they come, yeah. they go all the way over the city out to the ocean and then like and then swoop around. back around and come back in. So yeah, yeah, you get a really good look at it. I think you know it could could it's, just go straight to the airport, but it just make a side side scene. Yeah, right, I think. yeah, yeah. Uh, just check nice. it out. Yeah. Here's the ocean. Okay. Hmm. Um, it's cool in the daytime too, because you can get. Well, I think Los Angeles. I'm from the northeastern United States, but uh, the Southwest is all I really know. Hmm. Um, I wasn't really paying attention, I guess, until I moved out there. Yeah. And I definitely don't know my way around New York City, but it is really cool to fly in over the city and be able to like uh, recognize all the buildings and stuff like that. Uh, uh, that's the only place I can do that. In New York? No, uh, in in, in, L- Angeles, in LA, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I, I well point out the thoroughfares and stuff. Mm, uh, well, it's, um, no, I I couldn't do that in Los Angeles, but but you recognize you recognize so much through movies, not necessarily specifically, but a certain kind of style and a certain kind of that 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 really hit me when I came to LA the first time. That 
oh wow all these sitcoms they're just kind of documentaries they're not you know they're not <laughs> fiction <laughs> they're just real life yeah, it's right? really like that there and uh, uh, that's, a, that's an amazing experience also all that stuff that just seemed to me in the movies like it was just happening somewhere you know mm. like like in nondescript nothing kind of banal like suburban landscape mm. and just like out there in the United States someplace. Mm. I realize now that I live in Los Angeles that it's it's absolutely Los Angeles. Yeah. And um yeah. yeah. It's it's you know it's, it's crazy how how that that uh, uh kind of shaped our view of of America in the first place but also you know that that integrated in our cultures uh too here in Europe because I mean we grew up with the same movies as you did. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe not all but but quite a few so you know we uh, same yeah, that's also what I felt when I came to New York I actually I I didn't recognize New York so much it was much much dustier much or not dusty in a sense that it was dust but just old and and you uh-huh. know like this you know aging city yeah 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 a little dirtier it Cre- smells bad and stuff creaking on its hinges and, and you know just you uh, thought it was uh, bright lights and shiny new Class facades. Well, New York's always been, you know, the the boogie woogie town where where the future was happening, right? And and but that that was a future maybe hundred years ago or you know hundred and fifty years ago. I guess so. I think it used to be a lot worse when when my parents moved down there, and the reason that they moved out of the city, I guess, to raise me was because it was kind of it was a little bleak. It was yeah. kind of rough. Yeah, I mean, it, it got cleaned up in the nineties, I think. I guess it? so. Yeah, I don't I don't really know exactly when. Huh. For me, it's kind of the same coming here, um, but the movies are older, so it feels like I'm going back in time. Yeah, you know the the representations of Europe in in film are they're like I don't know what I've seen are probably from the 40s or 50s. Oh wow! Yeah. So I mean, you see, of course you still see it, but it but it always just seems like associated with a, a time past or something. Yeah. I can see it, but it, it's funny how 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 we shape our world, basically not not through knowledge, but just because you know through fiction. How we uh, you know we we yeah we that's our real references much more than you know because you go visit you know you go visit Europe you're you're maybe here for you know, a month or maybe two you know and and that's your that's your uh, time right. Yeah, and at that time you don't you don't really see anything. You know, you just I've see. just been on the internet the whole time I've been here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Browsing Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's you have these little tiny snippets of of what something's like, and then you just sort of like press mm-hmm. press that imagination onto the mm-hmm. onto the real and, world. And uh, you know what you said half jokingly, right? A lot of your time is 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 in virtual reality now. Anyways, yeah. No matter where you are, you're gonna check your mail. You're gonna check you know, your 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 social medias, your whatever's, and you know you're gonna watch a movie. You're gonna yeah, basically take time away from uh, uh, you know from experience the place where you are. Right, right, and and uh, I feel pretty guilty about that, but it seems like that's becoming less and less something that we have to feel bad about about doing also because the world becomes more and more the same you know, no matter where you come right yeah that you you know you get the same stuff you do the same things you you know it's, right uh you just your setting is a bit different but uh sure 
You think people? I I've been um, I've been arguing with with Jonathan Jonathan for the last three or four days mm. about um, whether or not people are sort of universally the same all over the world, or if they're uh, you know cultural distinctions really really matter really really matter very yeah. much. So, which side are you on? Well, tell me your opinion first. I don't know which side <laughs> you're on. I'll take the other side. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it's always really easy to argue with Jonathan. Yeah. Because um, yeah, he'll pick the other side, too. Right? He'll pick the other side, too, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, I guess it, it keeps coming up, but I probably don't really come down too hard mm. either way. I think in a lot of ways, people are, people are kind of the same, mm. you know? People are all very different from one person to the next, but mm. uh, I don't know if, if cultural norms or... Uh, geopolitical borders are really what's what's making one person different from the next. No, if if I had to make a calculated guess, because I, I don't think I can do more than that, it's I think it's a bit of both. Because I mean, we all we all wake up in the morning, take a shit, have some breakfast, and then we have somewhere to go, something to do. You know, we. Well, I usually shit in the evening. I, you know, <laughs> take a piss, whatever. You know, something, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, anyways, you have the things you do. You breathe. You 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 have your desires. You try to fulfill. You you have your chores you need to do. You have your uh, uh, you know your problems you're gonna face. You know, and these problems and uh, these things are are really really quite similar because they're on such a basic level. On top of that, you have maybe a layer of of cultural cultural determined uh, behavior or or um, yeah or references or context which. Which uh, uh, you know, let, let an example in Los Angeles, you have to go everywhere by car, which is a cult, cultural phenomenon, right? Right, uh, which which determines how you see the world, it's, which you know you see everything through a small personal box. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, uh, this is also how I experienced. But whether or not of, that really changes how people really are. Yeah, because it know. does. It does. And I'll I'll tell you how I experienced it. I, okay. I could be completely wrong, but. Uh, what I found out, it was really easy to come uh, close to people in Los Angeles really fast, mm-hmm. but then you came to a brick wall, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, I even noticed that people who lived together all their life didn't even penetrate that wall, you know, that that really deep personal wall, and and maybe also because you know, you know, this could be because people didn't develop like stuff behind that wall, so the wall was just to kind of hide the emptiness. Or, or that the, you know, because of the setup of that society, you know, this is not something you share that easily, right? Mm-hmm. You sh- share it maybe with very few people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, either your siblings or your spouses or or, or, or or something like that. And while while here in Europe, you know, it's it's a lot harder to come close, but once you get close, it's it's easier to get, you know, to the real personal level. So there's a different, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's still the same movement where you, you know, you get to know someone or you don't get to know someone. But, uh, but uh, I said the dynamics are fundamental different, which, which relates, I think, to, you know, that you're in this cubicle driving around, you know, you get close to someone, but you still have these metal sheets around you and some glass and, you know. Right. Maybe you're in a cabriolet, maybe you're a bit more open than than (laughs) other people, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could use it as a as a stupid metaphor, but uh, no, I but yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Mm. I uh, 
it brings up some interesting stuff for me because I don't, um, I, I have some sort of fantasy of like another time in my life when I was closer to other people, you know, that like everybody in my life was like closer to me than everybody in my life is to me now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I really thought that that was, that that was some sort of fantasy. That was some sort of nostalgic childhood, you know, Mm. I, I was, I was less aware or something like that, but, but maybe there is a, a, a real thing about, I do recognize, um, well, I think I recognize also something in you, what you say, because if you, you experience the world also differently when you're younger, when you're a teenager, when you're a child, when you're, you know, uh, an adult, a young adult, and, you know, uh, your context really determines uh, uh, how much you let in, and, and everything, you know, when you're a teenager, everything is exciting, you know, you want to, you want to meet that girl or boy or, or, or transgender nowadays, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. we have Usually to be, not. We, we have to be inclusive, right? Right, right. And and so you know, you go out and you know, and you try to hustle away through through your teenage years, you know. And everything is scary. You don't have really have the tools and the mechanisms and experience to really deal with it. And that's why it's so exciting because you have to make it up as you go along. And you, right, uh, you know, you make real mistakes, and you and you have. You still have real, real beliefs. I don't say you don't have them afterwards, but you know they're going to be a lot more refined and a lot, more, lot more precise because you know all the failures you went through, all the, all the desires which been fulfilled and and actually weren't real desires or or. As you figure uh, things out, they just become sort of more complex and. Yeah, yeah, it becomes more more of a blend. You, you know, you, you've been through all the roller coaster feeling roller coasters, so you're not so taken away with them maybe than you were before so and right. in that case it's also it, it is harder to get closer to people right? yeah because or maybe it's just harder to feel closer hmm. you're just as close yeah. you just i don't know have like some greater expectation or yeah also when you're right. a kid you don't have a memory of when you were a kid you know yeah so you don't yeah. have anything to really compare it to yeah that's right well, you you have something to compare. You know, when you you look up to the the bigger ki- ki- uh, kids or yeah. adults, you know, yeah, yeah, and see what they do and mimic what they do, and and right. and through that kind of mimicking, you know, trying to make sense of the world. Sure, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, but it's very possible that there's also something about being in Los Angeles. I mm-hmm. mean, when I when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, I was living in a really rural place mm. and um, really immediately surrounded by peers at, at boarding school, you know. Mm. Now I live in a big city and drive around in a car. Mm. So, but, and, you know, there's pro- probably some differences there too. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you, you, can't, you can go to school and feel completely lonely too, right? Because you're excluded from everything, you know. I mean, there's, there's kids who just don't, you know, for whatever reason, don't get get any access to to what's happening right right so you go through your you know if you're not you know if you haven't developed the right social skills or if you're just a bit awkward or or you know for whatever reason when you when you're you know not even bullied but you know i think bullied is one thing but i think being ignored is much worse you know where you just you just don't don't you're not part of it right right you can go through school like that too Right. Yeah. And and 
you know, in which the story we were talking about reverses, because maybe you have more access when you grow up, you know, when you start in college and suddenly, you know, you right. you have access to people who do are interested in the same stuff as you, you mm -hmm. know, or, or, you know, interested in the, uh, yeah. But maybe I, it's just all like a, a fantasy of difference. Hmm. Maybe we want it to be more different than it is, and hmm. the, and the kid that's bullied and excluded still has, you know, some close personal relationship somewhere, hmm. Hmm. just not as many as they think they're supposed to have, or hmm. not with that or, one kid or, that's bullying them, or in the I say in the in the in the center, you know, where they want to be, where they desire right. to be, you know, right. that they're part of the yeah maybe it's group and and again that's fantasy and desire and yeah, you go to a course. foreign country you see a different way of life you think oh people are really different here mm. maybe they just kind of look different mm. I, don't, I don't i don't know well the only the only real thing i can say is is uh you know to this argument okay are people everywhere the same i think no matter where i encounter people people are 99 percent of the time nice <laughs> Yeah, I'm really People are serious. mostly nice. They're mostly nice. I mean, it's not often that you meet a meet a jerk. It's very seldom, actually. I mean, that's actually going to say, uh, well, you know, upon upon just meeting them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, jerk usually comes out through certain familiarity, right? You got to get kind of close to somebody before you realize <laughs> what a prick they are. Yeah, maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the distance helps, and the exoticness helps, and and so you. you you don't. You might not even recognize the jerk because you know, you don't have the. I say the. You're not going to ask somebody like, "Hey, is there a bank around here?" Or, hey, fuck you, man. That fuck doesn't. You. What the fuck are you talking to me for? Huh? That doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, maybe uh, you have a friend that doesn't really ever do you any favors. Hmm. <laughs> it, it takes it takes a little while sometimes to find a jerk. Yeah. But I think they're out there. Yeah, of course, of course, but. Tra while traveling, you don't uh -huh. encounter that much because, first of all, you're in a free and open mood often, right? Because you're traveling, so you're, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have your chores to do. You're, you know, you're generally kind of you want to experience stuff, so you're open and you're you are you you are radi or say uh, uh, radiating niceness too, which kind of gives more of a nice response back too. That's true. You know, so. Uh, uh, you think it's a power of positive thinking kind of phenomenon? It could be. Well, the same thing. You know, what you uh, thought was quite interesting. You say, you know, maybe it's all a fantasy we live out. You know, mm -hmm. but this, even though it's a fantasy, it gets real, real. Yeah. You know? What do you think? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have real results. I don't know. I th that that is a really interesting idea to me. Uh, the power of positive thinking idea, mm -hmm. that you could just sort of project something and and get it back. Or that everything's just a matter of how you look at it. Yeah. I mean, it's I I think that 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 it's probably it seems like a fairly new idea in the twenty twentieth century, twenty first century, that we could just like construct a reality by thinking about it in a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I I think I think something was figured out, but I don't think the whole world is like that. I think there's other things going on too. Like what? Well, like, uh, like, you know, some sort of concrete reality, I guess. This is getting really philosophical. I don't know if I can totally keep up, but um. well, don't don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a fool of myself too. So that's 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 really no problem. Mm. You know, there are three people listening to this. Uh, you know, you, me, and maybe one more person. <laughs> so it's gonna be fine. You uh, know, I was doing um, 
I was doing a lot of radio in Los Angeles. Yeah, you were telling me that, yes. I We have a radio station there called K-Chung. Yeah. And it, it's in Chinatown. It's called K-Chung because... Well, I don't know how you do call numbers here in Norway, but in, in Los Angeles... Uh, everything starts with a K because it's west of the Mississippi River. And everything east of the Mississippi River starts with a W. Huh. And then you, you come up with whatever whatever name you want it to be. There's K-Rock and uh, KXLU and KUSC. And okay, so that's where, where the K where, comes from. That's where the for, K comes yeah. from, yeah. It's just, it's how they divided up the frequency, I guess, yeah. along the Mississippi River. Huh. Which doesn't really go down the middle of the United States at all. It's pretty pretty far east. Huh. But um, that's how it happened. Well, that's another fantasy come true, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and and the radio station used to be on Chung King Road, which is yeah, in sort Chinatown, of the main yeah. Yeah, main yeah. street in Chinatown. Yeah. Um, and we do all sorts of but you're still doing form blabbing. Well, I'm not. I haven't really been involved very much for the last six or seven months. Okay. Oh, well, that's pretty recent. You, you know. Yeah, it was like a couple of years being over there. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of still do some stuff, but I was pretty active for a while. And oh, cool. so, so what did you guys do? I had a radio show called Reading Radio, and every Wednesday night I would read uh, some book for like half an hour. I'd usually have a guest come on. Sometimes we'd read two different books at the same time, or mm. sometimes we'd take turns. simultaneously, or. Yeah, yeah, sometimes simultaneously. <laughs> sometimes we'd like scream the books at each other who could read who could read we the could. book louder and beat the other guy out. That was a really good episode, I think, actually. And sometimes it would just be really straight readings. Sometimes we'd read interviews and pretend that they were real interviews that were actually yeah. happening. So the guest would read one part and, and you would read the other? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I would read both parts of the interview and pretend that it was like a monologue. Yeah. Uh, it was al- there was always something going wrong. Yeah, that was sort of the idea. That's nice. And man, we screwed up all the time. I mean, that sort of K Chung has quite a reputation in Los Angeles for. I don't think people listen, but somehow they know what it is. Yeah. And the the quality of the broadcast is like really sort of miserable. Yeah. Where I mean, you kind of got a nicer thing going here <laughs> than we did, and there was like a hundred of us. Oh wow! But um. But you had a real studio, or was it just a? Uh, home homemade setup. Uh, we started off in somebody's studio, a lot like this. Yeah. And then moved into the basement of a pl- thing called the public school, which is like a sort of free, uh, peer-taught kind of organization. Mm. Um, there's one in Berlin, and there's one. There's a there's a few of them around the world. Mm. The Los Angeles branch is not doing doing very well, mm. I think. Mm. Uh, and we rented out their basement for about nine months or something like that and then got our own our own space yeah so it's like a it's got it's got like an on-air booth with a sliding door and hmm. a lounge and stuff that's pretty Smoking fancy patio. well i wouldn't describe it as fancy because it it's really it really gets beaten up uh-huh. um but it's uh it's not bad it's not uh-huh. bad and nobody gives you any money like the state doesn't hand it out in in los angeles so um it's all just sort of member membership membership yeah so everybody chips in a bit and then you know, yeah. keep it afloat yeah. my job was actually to keep keep the books and yeah. i was well aware that not everybody was chipping in yeah. uh hardly hardly half hardly <laughs> wow <laughs> but we you know we kind of made it yeah well there's there's nobody chipping in here but me <laughs> so yeah. uh, 
There you um, go. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I keep the books here too, and not everybody's chipping in <laughs> either. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds really nice. That's really uh, the the reason I started. You know, I, I, when I started this, I was thinking, okay, you know, I was listening to a lot, lot of podcasts because I, I often work with like this headset on, and you know, when I do, you know, if you if you produce something, you have to make hundred of the same things. It's quite nice to listen to something to kind of activate your brain. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've been listening to tons and tons of podcasts for a while, and then I suddenly said, "Yeah, I could do this too," you know. And I mean, you know, I meet a lot of artists, and and uh, you know, maybe that could be interesting. And the other thing is, you know, I just got a kid, so I basically didn't hang out with my friends anymore, right? Uh-huh. So it was basically an excuse to to <laughs> to go how ha- ha- you know hang out with my artist friend and talk about you know whatever comes to mind. So yeah, so. Uh, um, but but in the beginning I thought okay maybe I should do this together with some other people and and I'm actually really happy I didn't that I just kind of set it up just on my own premises and and because uh, uh, that way I don't have to feel guilty if I don't you know if I don't feel like doing one I don't do one right I just do sure. yeah you know, so it ended up that I do like maybe one a month mm-hmm. a bit less than one a month you know which is fine which is twelve a year which is you know I'm building up quite an archive now right and, yeah and. And you know, it could be periods where I do like one a week, you know, for whatever reason. But, but just so that you can decide yourself, you don't have to, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. At a certain point, it became like quite a pressure to to go in there, hmm. find find somebody to do it with me every, every time. Yeah. Um, and because you did it weekly, right? Go yeah. in there every week. Yeah. yeah, it was just a half an hour show, so it wasn't yeah, but, too much time. But but you, it was also you, like a a real thing. To do, for me, it was sort of the same. It was like yeah. it was like where I went and hung out, yeah. and I and I continued going there, probably like six or seven months after I stopped doing the show, just yeah. to like to hang out. You know, listen. I would run the station um, for people that were recording their shows. Yeah, m- make sure everything was working fine and stuff, but just just to be there and hang out and sit on the couch yeah. and like have a have a lounge. Yeah. It's it's ni- it's a nice place to do it at the yeah, radio yeah. station. Yeah, we we have we have many podcasts where there were just people sitting and sometimes they would would, would jump in or yeah. or were just listening. And I, I thought it was quite nice, you know, to do a podcast with a, a small audience and uh-huh. you drink some wine and you you know have a great time. Have you ever heard um, those uh, DJ Screw mixtapes? No, I think that this guy is sort of the. He's sort of my model for that for that type of hanging out. DJ Screw was a. Uh, rapper uh i think in houston somewhere in the south somewhere in, i think in texas um and he would play two records at the same time yeah the, the same record i guess two copies of the same record at the same time yeah and he'd really slow him down that um whole uh, uh screwed sound of like i don't know maybe you don't really know but it became really popular a few years ago there was a lot of a lot of people drinking prescription prescription cough syrup, and um, <laughs> like kind of going into this weird daze, uh-huh. and uh, and listening to this like really slowed down rap music uh-huh. that's super bassy and it it's got a good sound to it. So he would slow the records way down, and then he would do this other thing, uh, chopping, where he would play, um, the like like he would cut back and forth between the between the two records so that the lyric would get repeated again something like that yeah. it would be like <laughs> hello Juan welcome hello Juan hello, hello. Mm. Yeah, Juan comes in with a with a piece of clay which he's uh, gently caressing right mixing together mixing together yeah uh, I think 
clay is the worst to work with. Really? So, uh, do you, you don't like, like it on touching your hand? it? No. no. It's it's earth, man. I know, but it's it's earth that that sucks all the water out of your hands. Oh yeah. yeah. I kind of like touching it. I do like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not so. It's it. The touching itself is not so bad, but you know, once you're done and you get these ha clay hands, I I I really dislike that. You gotta moisturize. Yeah, of course, but even even it's it's not it's not that I you know you can wash it off and all that, but just that moment when you're you done. You just don't want just, that to happen. I just don't not want even that. a second no. of that. No, if I don't have to, no. Thank you. no. <laughs> okay, well, it's it's good to know. It, what it's you a, like. it's a pity because because uh, I think it's a you know it's a great material to form things really fast with and and to model with and and whatnot. But uh, mm -hmm. no, unfortunately. So what about that plasticine stuff? Which. Like the oil-based clay that doesn't ever dry. I think I think that's what it's called, plasticine. Plasticine, maybe. Yeah. You don't you, you can don't also, fire it or anything. You can also you know, model in wax, you know, which is uh, oh yeah, which works too. Uh huh. There's tons of other stuff, but but because because I don't like that one, I don't get into that modeling stuff that that easily. So. Oh, I see. Mm. But you yeah, you've been working with clay before. You as in your in your you know with your art. Are you asking me or Juan? You're, you, yeah, I know Juan did. <laughs> yeah. um, have I made... I, we had a ceramic studio in high school, and I made some, some pots and stuff down there. No, I, but I mean... So I, I stuck my hands in it a lot. Yeah. Have I made stuff... No, I don't think I really... I don't think I have. Because it, it always seemed like too much of a hassle to get it, to get it fired. Oh, yeah. That's what stopped me from doing it. Yeah. But if there's some clay around, I definitely like squeeze it for as long as I can and then <laughs> and then I put it back uh, uh, no Juan Juan really loves that sh 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 stuff stuff anyways where were we before we were radio shows we were talking about right? oh yeah. yeah so I told you I told you about what made DJ Screw's style distinct yeah. but the but the thing that brought it back to the conversation we were having is that he would, he, they got these DJ screw mixtapes and they last for like, you know, two or three hours or something like that. Yeah. And they, it's just a bunch of guys sitting around the studio sort of mumbling high as hell on cough syrup. <laughs> um, and sometimes sort of rapping, but like everybody kind of just chimes in when they want to, or yeah. they just listen to the record that the DJ's playing. <laughs> it's like a really nice way to do. Cause radio sort of supposed to be ambient anyways, right? Mm. You're only kind of half listening. Uh, the, the nicer thing is when you're when you're on the road at night listening to some kind of weird yeah. radio station. Uh, Have you heard um, Coast to Coast? That's like I heard some programs. Yeah. 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 They always have fantastic guests on. But that doesn't come. That's not here in in Norway or in. You Europe, can get it, it online, so it's no problem oh, okay. to listen to. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I I've, I've listened to a couple episodes because some people you know I'm I'm following a bit were coming on onto it. So. Yeah. That's a good and show. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and they're pretty open and pretty weird, and and you know they 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 push some kind of boundaries of ideas and. Whatnot. Oh yeah, I, it's it's crazy. I don't know if I really subscribe to any of that stuff. No. If he says it, I feel like it's got to be wrong. But it's just that all conspiratorial that, and stuff. But that doesn't make sense just because <laughs> one person. I mean, uh, you know, he might be ninety percent wrong, but still, he might be ten percent right. It's true. Yeah. You're right. So it's, uh, I think that's, uh, you know, just because somebody's weird doesn't mean, you know, he's wrong. <laughs> no. No, usually if somebody's weird, it means they're right. But um, 
I think that it maybe it comes back to something that we were saying at the beginning of the conversation that you just you get these little you get these little snippets of a place, a little idea of what a place looks like, and then you just force that onto the mm. the rest of your experiences mm. there. Mm. So that, I think I think that's what happens to me with conspiracy theories. Okay. I, I love listening to them. I've, Don't I've, get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm super entertained by them. And I've been down that rabbit hole quite <laughs> deep and, and not not as such that I believe or not believe in it. Because basically I don't give a shit about if it's true or not. You know? Yeah. It I, 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 seems to be like popular opinion these days. It worries me a little bit. What, that you don't mind I don't, if it's true? I don't care if it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I know some of it became true. Some of it became false. You know, I mean, uh-huh. just in the history of conspiracy, right? Uh, I right. Mean, uh, uh, the thing that the false flag events uh, in the Bay, Bay of Pigs in yeah. Cuba, uh-huh. where they tried to blow up a plane and blame it on the Cubans and start a war. Uh-huh. That's a real thing. Where the government conspired to do that. And there's, right. you know, they came out with the documentation that they did that. Right. Right. And and okay, they did that, right? So that's a conspiracy come true. True, right? And and a lot of other part, you know, like this, the the I say the NSA uh, spy or the CIA, or you know, everybody's basically spying on you all the time, right? Yeah, that's very that's, true. That's a thing that came true. Like right. in, you know, when in, in the nineties and eighties, everyone was screaming, "Oh, they know everything about it. They're after us." You know, never ah, it's not that bad. You know, and now we know, oh, it's actually a lot worse, right? Right. That came true. True. So, so uh, um, I saw. Nonetheless, uh, in my 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 opinion about but you know that I don't mind if they're true or not is, uh, uh, you know let's 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 say you know uh, if aliens are real or not you know it uh-huh. doesn't matter because they're you know if they're real they're hiding pretty well and they don't interfere with our lives at least not on a level that we're conscious that they're interfering with our life right yeah uh, um, as soon as they become real apparent and visible and and part of our lives they start to mean something in our life or they have a not different role in our lives right now now they they have a fictionist role and you know that could switch in a real role right like like the conspiracy with the nsa uh, you know that that was a fiction we thought ah can't be that bad and oh yeah right yeah also i mean uh, and this is not not that, that that happens but there's a possibility that that happens right Yes, I'm just I'm just talking possibilities. So in the end, you have to deal with the reality that that is at hand, right? And and so it doesn't matter if the conspiracy is real or not because it's it's uh, uh, um, it's not real yet. yet. Yeah, it's not not in reality yet in in the visible reality. I guess I thought you were saying something else. I I, I thought you were saying it, and something that I I've definitely said to people before, and then have sort of come to. To doubt a little bit uh, whether or not it's okay that that um, that oh well you know it's it's sort of comes from maybe a sense of lack of agency you know whether or not the NSA is spying on me I'm not really gonna be able to do anything about it so I don't really care mm. whether or not it's true you mm. know it doesn't really have any effect on my life anyways mm. so maybe there is this crazy conspiracy that's going on that you know I'm being mind-controlled and maybe there's not, but what am I going to do either way? So who cares? Well, another example, uh, um, there, there's a thing here in Oslo. It's called Refinement Club, and this is a, uh, I, I don't, I don't know the specific, but they, they have like these meetings uh, often in the evenings where they have a subject and take some people and and just have a kind of a brainstorm session about these these 
you know, can be a problem, can be a thing. And they had one about uh, the social medias and how the social medias is actually uh, uh, is flattening out everything, right? Because Facebook has algorithms which, you know, makes things pop up you like, you know, like you follow people and then, oh, they see, okay, he's following that person. Yeah. We'll post, you know, have you ever, you know, I Facebook I, seems like really good at harassing you about your ex-girlfriend. Showing you every detail about her life immediately. Well, that after tells you something about you. It tells something <laughs> about you. You know that you go that you that you actually look you know, that you show an interest in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but you, you know, I I think I have a couple of hundred friends on Facebook, and a certain things show up all the time. Certain people show up all the time. Other people don't show up. You know, don't they? Don't they post anything? Are you know? And they show up because you know you liked something of them, etc., etc. Uh, the same happens with Amazon. You know, when you buy something on Amazon, you're gonna get suggestions on, on stuff you're, you know, you're interested in, and you, of course, hey, you you see this, but oh wow, this is actually what I was thinking about and stuff. Um, the same with with Google. You know, when you do your searches, you know, they they log what you search and they think and they kind of you know, shuffle around so you get what you want. Because if you get what you want, you're gonna going to consume more you're going to you know they're going to make more money and they're going to you know you're going to be happier using them what whatever but what does what that does it takes away the diversity you know you don't run into uh, different opinions that fast you know mm. you don't run into like like uh, different ideas you you not don't necessarily are not interested in but you're you know you never realized they were there so you don't know even know that you're interested in. so it takes away kind of the 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 highs and the lows yeah, yeah. It, to the ben to benefit and to but also to you know it, and so the question I think if I remember correctly they had is kind of how would that affect um, uh, you know the people in the long run, right? Because if you're if you're dealing less and less with with you know different opinions you know or with different views or different kind of input. Uh, uh, you know, you're gonna disregard it more and more, and it will, you know, it will basically uh, get into obscurity. Yeah, you know, and uh, and that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. The country in the United States, I mean, is becoming increasingly um, polarized. Uh, people pulling, you know, further and further right and left, and I'm sure that has something to do with it. I never thought about. Um, you know, personalized searches being a part of that, but yeah, people are are retracting into their own yeah social group in their in, own happy in, bubble where where everything is you know you get exactly what you want, you know, and if you're a militia in the states, you know, you're gonna get exactly what you want, you know, you get other militias who, you know, who you can compete with in a you know creative way against the world and you know believe in your conspiracies and and say you're gonna act on it and, and all that right yeah. It would be great to know. We I was talking to Lars um, last night about uh, how many people got stabbed in Norway, and and we were saying that you know if stabbers are uh, those those that have been stabbed and um, those that have stabbed yeah. make up only uh, I don't know what two percent of the population of Norway to be pretty generous right that's quite a lot that's quite a lot that's, that's like way more than probably 0.02 percent or something like that let's see how much two uh, percent <laughs> yeah. would be crunch the real numbers I'll crunch that. the numbers for you uh, what how many people are in Norway I think it's around, around 
four and a half, five million. Let's say five million. Okay. Times oh two. That's that's hundred thousand people. That's maybe a bit too much. Not a hundred thousand people have have either been stabbed or stabbed somebody. Fewer than that. Yeah, I'd say probably fewer than that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say fewer. Yeah. Okay, so point oh 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 two percent of Norwegians are in this are in this stabbing stabbing community. business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The thing about that that makes it even less visible is that those people aren't, you know, peppered in with everybody else. Hmm. They're not like uh, mixed evenly with with the the non-stabbers. They they stick together in their little group. Literally. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so they, uh, yeah, they, they're just they're just totally totally invisible, hmm. invisible part of the population, which um, I don't know. I mean, I I think that that's not just happening happening with stabbers. Yeah, yeah, with stabbers <laughs> are nice. Uh, but but you but you really want to but you really want to um, you really want to know about it, right? Super fascinating. Huh. Um, what's it like for these other people? Or yeah. I do at least. Yeah. I think most yeah. people kind of do. But, but and we we have I think a, a, a over generous curiosity. Okay, no, like an over generous. That's a maybe a wrong term. But yeah, we have a, a lot. We're very curious. We we have you know more than normal curiosity about the world. You yeah, know, uh, you and I. Uh, just uh, think, yeah, you and I and and some other people too. Some other people, or you know, who probably you know we make a small a small community, yeah. maybe yeah, point oh oh three percent, yeah, and we're also we also stick together. We stick together, yeah, yeah. yeah Talk so to other it's people really not curious. helping. Yeah, no, no, no. So maybe it's, I mean the podcast <laughs> is an, a perfect example. You know, I'm I'm inviting people I I want to hang out with and talk to, right? Yeah. I I haven't come that far that I'm gonna you know invite someone I don't want to talk to, you know, because that. Well, that's kind of a good idea, though. It is actually. Yeah, I was just. Then thinking. you'd really have to. You, I mean, you can't not talk to them if you're sitting. Oh, there. you can too. I mean, you can be <laughs> silent for a couple hours. That's no problem. Yeah, it's just I think very, that would be hard. Uh, I, it would be hard. Would It'd be, be hard for at me. Least. Yeah. Yeah. They would at least say something. Yeah. You guys would have to decide together that you were going to sit for silence. Yeah. Otherwise, well, maybe they could just get up and run out or something like that. I think that would happen. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a lot harder to to sit around a table with people you disagree with, you know. And and I do enjoy it, but you know, uh, um, maybe not on a public forum. Yeah, right. Well, it's hard. It's just hard to get into those ideas. Like I had this experience the other day. Uh, a, a, a friend of mine was talking about um, his studio mate getting uh, getting a show at at this space in Los Angeles mm. that I had some reservations about. I, I thought that there were some, you know, weird things about the way that they ran their program. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I really had to say or think about that subject. Yeah. Um, and I almost started asking him about it and then realized like, you can't, you can't really do that. If somebody says, Oh, oh you know, my friend got a show. Oh, doesn't that space kind of like suck? Mm. You know, that <laughs> that's, that conversation can't can't really be had. You you have to censor not yourself. That, not in that way. I mean, if you and not have it. So then, so then, how does? You what, know? What, yeah, I think you can approach that subject in a different way. Where you go, you know, after the show has been, you know, you have it some time, and you you know, you meet accidentally for a beer, and you say, hey, 
how did you experience that space? Because I, you know, I, I was always under the impression that it had these limitations, you know? And yeah. then and then you start a dialogue on it. And he, he could say, yeah, oh, yeah, no, oh, my God, I'm never going to work with them again. Or he could say, or she could say, hey, oh, this, yeah, it was, you know, I had these reser- reservations too. And, you know, it actually turned out to be completely different. You know, this, this right. rumor came because there was one show, one person, and that was actually a dick. And you know who who kind of ruined it for the whole whole potentially right? potentially that dialogue can really emerge, oh. but there but if you if you have some complaint or criticism that uh, you're not you're not really able to communicate that they mm. don't that they don't quite understand, mm. then like continually trying to like I I was so I was imagining you're sitting here with somebody who's you, you know you you really fundamentally disagree with right. Mm. And you're trying to have a conversation and you want to hash out that dialogue. You know, you want to really talk about what those differences are and you want to kind of try and Mm. get to know them. But they say something and you're offended and you think it's ridiculous. Mm. Then then what do you say back? You know, like there is something about negativity that sort of stops it, stops the conversation. Yeah, stops it flowing. That's why I say a public forum is maybe not the best, uh, best, best place for it. But and but, maybe also Los Angeles, you can't you can't harass people like you can you can in other hear, cities. <laughs> well, I I haven't been harassed yet, but I just know I do, I do really actually believe that there are there are people are just a little bit more pleasant with each other yeah. in L.A. That you don't really get that far being like yeah. There's a there's a pushing there's a very buttons. advanced passive aggressive uh, niceness in in town yeah. as I experience it. Yeah, yeah, that, that you know it sort of rests on the surface. Yeah. you can get around it but yeah but no if if you would uh, invite you know if you have a public forum and you invite somebody who you don't agree with you're you're the only thing how you get away with it is to take a neutral stance and then you know then just try to to um, you know pull out all the information you can get from that person to uh, uh, and I think that's a very val- valuable tool tool to kind of make things visible you know not to do, agree with them, but to make them visible. As I said, what we were talking about earlier, that kind of the diversity is is, is disappearing, and and so you don't know what what these people you know people here and there are brooding in their room, which you know, and they can't share it with anybody, so they don't get any feedback where it says, "Hey, oh, you really think this is a good idea? Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever thought about it really and talked about it? Because mm-hmm. there's something else. You know, you you remember the the guy who shot all the kids uh, and blew up the government building. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was a guy like that. He he was, you know, in his own world, he didn't communicate with no one on a, on a real level. Yeah, maybe some people online who shared his same idiotic ideas, right? Mm-hmm. But he, uh, uh, you know, he before he did, he wasn't put on a on a radio show or 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 on a TV show where he was kind of you know defending his ideas and and. Okay, on that level, extremism it's maybe a bit hard because these people they're 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 so rusted in their ideas that they, you know, they they are not willing to listen to anything else. So they sure. they'll just twist everything into so you know that we're there we get into a I say a, a sociopathic or, or psychopathic or whatever world where, you know, there is no entrance. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you go step a couple steps up, where somebody is developing strange ideas, you know, and doesn't have a resonating uh, uh, community around him, who's you know, who's actually saying, "Hey, wow, you really think this? Uh, have you ever thought about this, this, and this?" You know, and actually, you know, get somebody out of there, you know, mm-hmm. or or 
you know, that's a very healthy tool. So if you get these subversive people and you talk to them and you make things visible and and you know, either either it becomes visible that this person is a real moron, yeah, on many levels. And that that actually kind of makes other people say, Hey, oh wow, was I believing this this person? You know, instead of you know, because actually these ideas aren't what I thought he believed in, you know, or or these these expressions isn't something I can stand behind, right? Right. And and so I think it's a valuable tool. But sometimes the difference exists on a, a very base sort of core level. Mm. You know, um, there's like a yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to. To if if you if you disagree about this thing that's happening at the very beginning, then it's like kind of hard to take the next step mm. with that person. I mean, you can just listen to them, sort of espouse their beliefs, but um, it's 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 hard to to keep it a dialogue if if there's like this this real fundamental disagreement. And and I'm and I'm just super curious about how those things, especially as people become more and more polarized. Hmm. how they just are you know you're not ever going to be able to well i don't know maybe you are going to be able to but um it seems really difficult to 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 try and realign that and 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 turn it back into a conversation because it seems like um yeah maybe the same maybe the same with the stabbers you know like those people are just talking to themselves it it stays really small well you you can think of it like that in the first world war they were you know, digging these trenches. You had people on the both sides. They were both people. You know, or just mm-hmm. people. They were just the same kids. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where a nation says, "Okay, you're gonna die for us because you're young, and we can." You know, you're gonna sit in there. So they were sitting in these trenches, shooting at each other. Right. This is what happens when you polarize. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gets. It got to the point where they were basically killing each other en masse, and 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 you had literally had a, a vault line. A human vault line, you know, where mm-hmm. where uh, two ideologies meet, you know, and and not because they're different, but because they grew grew apart because they didn't have this ongoing dialogue and uh, sensibleness about it. I think. Mm. Right, right, right. And and uh, so that, that of course is a danger of polarization. Yeah, but I actually believe, but. Because I think the the image you're you're describing is a media image. Uh which 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 image? That the world is actually more polarizing. I actually think the the opposite is happening. There's a small group that is polarizing. Uh huh. But the thing is that group becomes more visible through these medias, you know, uh-huh. through the social medias and through the and it's something that sells. You know, polarization always sold. Right. right. I mean, you know, the 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 feud between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. I mean, it's all media who who made that. Sure. They didn't have a feud, a feud, 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 feud. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. And uh, you know, and so that's the media because uh, in my daily, you know, in my daily life, I mean, how often do you really meet these polarized people? And I think in the, in the states it's much more, but it's always been more than here, right? Yeah. So, so I'm I'm pretty sure I don't I don't totally know. I mean, the idea of it being a media media images, I'm sure, in many ways, very valid. But I, I guess the instance that I was thinking of mostly is just how close the last, the last few elections have been, um, in in the United States, yeah. which is not, I I don't I think that that's I think that that's sort of a different thing. 
Well, I think uh, then, then the, the reason why it's so close is because, you know, I mean... Uh, the candidates actually are also quite, really close. Yeah, they're actually quite quite similar, these things. You know, right. what you call left and right is basically center, just tiptoeing across the line. Yeah. You know? So, uh, um, so in that sense, I... Uh, but it's played out in the media as this left and right uh, uh, battle. You know? Right. But if you really look, you know, look at the policies, or you know, there's like a small shift in in. Uh, <laughs> it's one sending, I think. Or something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's it's weird because I only hear it in the monitors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I actually I actually think the world is is less polarized than it is before because because if you're unsure, you can look it up in most parts of the world. You know, if you say, "Hey, is this true?" You just check it out, right? And then, so so you're less easily fooled. And of course, not everybody does that. Some people just, you know, believe, you know, whatever they hear. Mm -hmm. But those people always exist and will always exist, right? But mm -hmm. but like the, the the middle area of people, you know, uh, who who are smart enough or have access to, you know, they they can check out stuff, and they do. You know, you're gonna check out. Hey, uh, what is this person really? You know what? What is his connections? What is what is he wanting? What is he? Where is he from? Right. That's why this the guy lost against Obama. What, what's his name? This this guy who was had several wives in Mexico and or <laughs> Mitt Romney. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Mitt Romney. Yeah, you know, who was a fundamental freak and and you know like a, a, you know shady. He was figure. a Mormon. Yeah, yeah. You're nothing against Mormons. I mean, you know, do whatever you want because I, I don't know enough about Mormons to say anything. But it's weird. But uh, um, it's 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 different. One thing, you know, that's that's fine. But I think he, as a person, you know, he was just a shady businessman. You know, who kind of right. I, I don't think he uh, he and that all became visible much easier, much faster than it would before. You know. I mean, the Watergate incident uh, uh, um, took actually a long time to surface, right? right. Because uh, you know there was no no means to spread that information really fast or or really widespread. Well, now you know something happens and instantly everybody in the world knows, right? You know? Through through your social media and also through the normal medias, right? So the the speed of information uh, does change. I think actually helps depolarize a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know? because uh, because there's no time to build up the fear of not knowing. You know, because if you don't know, you can speculate, and in speculation, you know, you're gonna you know, project on your fears and and make them bigger. You know, mm -hmm. while 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 the information is flowing, you can. You know, this was interesting when when this guy was sh uh, shooting and 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 you know blew up the government building, mm -hmm. uh, you know, shooting these kids. Uh, you know, it was all over the social medias. You know, and and first was okay, this is a terrorist attack, and then really fast they found out, okay, this is actually a Norwegian guy from middle class. You know, uh, right. Nothing wrong with his growing up, yeah, except to love or whatever, or care or somebody who kicked his ass or somebody who kind of you know, really took his you know mental problem serious or whatever i don't i don't know his story but uh, um you know and this became and then all of a sudden you know because you felt the tension at the start oh this is uh, this is some you know some uh, uh, islamic 
organization, you know, attacking Norway or whatever, right? And that picture got turned around basically within a couple of hours, right? right? Instead of that, it could build up over a couple of days and then, oh no, it didn't come true. It's, it was actually, you know, so, and the speed of that, right? I think depolarizes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that 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 everybody can be on the same page. They all have the same hmm. same information. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, maybe so. Yeah, but uh, well, we're talking about complex issues here. It's kind, it's kind of true. Yeah. Also, th- think maybe things that are above uh, our head, yeah. above our station. I, definitely. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that much about politics. No, me either. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, yeah. I love expression opinions, whatever if they're true. Well, or false. Whatever they are, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> that yeah. is true. No, but but uh, um, uh, yeah, you're you're a bit younger than me, right? You're. Uh, I think so. Yeah, you're, not that that really really matters, but but uh, um, uh, you know. That, that that was a really stupid start. I don't want to start like that. I'll, That's uh, okay. Because that was my point. My point is, uh, uh, well, my perspective got changed a bit because I got a kid and because, you know, I don't know, I, I, I feel right. I moved in a different stage of my... my. I'm definitely not in that stage yet. My my art art thing. So I, you know, I figured out a lot of stuff, but I haven't figured out, you know, some basic stuff or whatever. But, but uh, uh, well... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just projecting now on you, right? So you, you please, you know. I'm, okay. I'm say, I'll let you know. Gonna say stupid stuff now. Yeah. Well, my my idea of you is that you're, you're you're really still. Trying to figure out how to position yourself uh, within your art and within your within your worldview and, and so so what my real question is, you know, what is what is your motivation there? What is your, you know, what do you feel you need to express in this in this in this weird world we're living in at the moment you know oh taking into account all, all what we talked about before and if that's well, possible yeah i mean the i guess i guess every time every time i try and come up with uh what that statement is it it always ends up feeling um like really enormous mm. uh yeah it is it is it, it's it's a it's a huge <laughs> thing and and that seems really silly somehow, you know, um, that I that I wish that I wish that it could be like a little a little bit more um, specific, you know, a little bit more directed um, in one in one way or another. Well, um, I, can, I can I can. But I also wonder if if there will ever come a time when uh, when I'm not I'm not looking looking for that. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's been getting clearer and clearer, of course, but mm. it, at the same time, it um, seems just as vague as ever. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, uh, that question doesn't doesn't appear, but but what I was more interesting is a kind of what, what is your motivation? You know, what why, why do you express yourself? I mean, that's oh, you know hmm. what and that. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't mean it in the big philosophical way, but I just mean in the personal way. Why? Why? Uh, why did you ended up expressing yourself instead of you know working in a cubicle or or mowing the lawn or right? You know, right, right, right. Well, I mean, I guess um, maybe this is the wrong place to begin, but I the idea of expressing myself is al- is always a little bit 
um, n not what I, what I exactly wanted to do. I mean, mm. I I know sort of historically that that's that's what artists do. Oh, and I, uh, I like you. I, I really like that you said it because I I I never trust anybody who says that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've always been really skeptical of somebody who's uh, who's into no, self-expression. Um, I I have some ideas um, that I would like to share. I think I think wanting to be an artist is is sort of a lot about um, you know wanting to show and share, and and that's always been uh, a but huge it, huge motivation for me. But if What you want exactly? to show and share, there, is there something you want to show and share? I mean, yeah. Um, and this is this is as enormous a question as as uh, right. because I mean you're trying at least how I said you're trying to figure out what you want to say as much as that you you know right. Uh, Well, it's I I think that um, that the answer is probably no. It's mm. there's no, there isn't a thing that I want to show and share. It's it's always been, uh, you know, whatever whatever I come across, whatever seems interesting to me, whatever I whatever I like, I I I'm not satisfied in, you know, looking at it and liking it. I I always want to pick it up and and show my friend and say, hey, check this out. Mm. You know, and uh, and I think the belief that that's gonna congeal into like one one thing that that i'm that i'm like specifically trying to show is not no i don't mean it like that i don't mean i don't mean uh, like a topic or a theme no or... i don't mean it like that i, I don't I, i mean more more your motivation or your your kind of spark or whatever bullshit you want to call it uh-huh uh -huh. just kind of the 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 driving force your your gasoline your you know your The thing, the thing that picks you up, makes you pick up a brush, makes you pick up a material, makes you pick up an idea, right? You know, and and wanting thing? to transform. I mean, this is as I said. Don't worry if you if you don't have an answer because <laughs> I don't have an answer either. You know, that's why I'm so interested in it. You know, because <laughs> right, right. because it is one of the hardest uh, hardest things. And and well, I mean, a part of it is also uh, pro probably one of the big the biggest motivations. And and you kind of asked the question a second ago. Like why why do I want to be an artist instead of being, um, you know, mm. a bookseller or something like that? Mm. I don't know, whatever, a graphic designer or mm. a uh, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of of sort of related fields, mm. um, and certainly being a merchant comes actually really close to to sharing something. You know, mm. selling something and sharing something are are kind of close, mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're not the same. And um, I think that, you know, we, we all have to wake up in the morning and we have to get out of bed and we have to do something with ourselves with the day, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you things are awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise, everybody sucks and, and you're just like in a really bad way. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, otherwise also you starve, I guess. Mm -hmm. But that seems like a sort of secondary issue. Mm -hmm. I'm more worried about being happy than than not starving mm. um and uh i think that um i i've always wanted to figure out what that thing is that i could do with myself that i could i could also escape um you know find some exit strategy find some way out mm. not not be working for the man, mm. not be oppressing somebody else, mm. not be uh, just a, a cog in a system, you know, 
how I could be on the outside a little bit and still be active, well, participating, yeah, yeah. producing. You're you're pinpointing to an interesting uh, uh, thing because you know being an artist is so um, uh, widespread and and even though it's still a small group who does it, you know it's it's not. If you go back to the sixties and seventies, where you know were like a handful of galleries doing contemporary stuff, you know, so it was is pretty special to be part of them, you know. While while the work was the same as now, but now you know, just in Oslo, there's I don't know three billion galleries, and and you know, in yeah. LA there's three billion galleries, and there's there's thirty seven trillion artists running around making shit, right? And and so. You know, I mean, it happens here that you go to four or five openings, you know, or six openings, where however many you can manage, right? You do that in LA too, right? You go, you go to all these openings, and you see all these things. Of course, it's much more a social event, but but you get so saturated by imagery, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, uh, you know, so the the necessity, you know, the people in, in the earlier times had to make to make art and to find an expression way, right? Where you had to also had to struggle to find a, find a way. You know, like, for example, just 20, 20 years ago, you know, people got often got their first solo show when they were like in their late 30s or something, right? Well, right. now most people, you know, have their first solo show straight out of, out of or still in whatever program they are. Right. And, and uh, um, you know, because all these opportunities are here now, right? There's extended grant system. There's, I mean, you know, it, you're not a pariah anymore if you're an artist, right? Everybody wants to be an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened. And I think it's a, it's a very, very, very um, stupid thing. But all of a sudden, you know, the the highest thing to achieve is being an artist. And mm-hmm. I don't mean, I don't mean, uh, and that kind of what you know, all of a sudden, everybody says they're doing art. Well, they're doing something completely different. And which is which is fine, you know. I don't I don't mind. But what I do mind is that that artist become is put on this pedestal, you know. And and even though you know it, it as an artist, you 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 might maybe have the room to to you know sometimes manage to create something new out you know outside the the system, right? Mm-hmm. You sometimes it it's, it happens very rarely, you know. If if it happens once in your in your career or lifetime, you know, you, you count yourself lucky. But mostly you're just adding to the to the system. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and but you know, and that that small spark is valued so high. Well, well, uh, um, uh, I don't see it hired as anything else, right? If you're if you're working in a cubicle, that is, uh, um, uh, of course, you know, personally, I don't prefer it. You know, but I, you know, I have a, a side job where I sit in an office a big part of the day. You know, and it's such a big deal. You know, it's the same. It's the same, and and of course, I I would love to be in my studio all the time. But if I would would have the time to be all, all in the studio all the time, you know, I would love to be somewhere else too. You know? So it, well, you get to that point in in your career or whatever it is that you're you're exhibiting enough, and you're in the studio all the time. And you don't have to have another job, and then being in the studio is your job, and and yeah. you're yeah. producing objects to fill a space to be sold. I mean, you might as well yeah. be a merchant. Yeah. Um. So but that's a good point, you know, because is that what you want as an artist? You know, uh, is that is that why you choose art to to have it become your job? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, I I have to say no, and and uh, 
And but then the you same, have to be at counter the same time I, I then, have like this you know big big desire to mm. you know yeah, and, like, and, like 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 everybody like I move know ahead the duality and progress and visibility and yeah I know the duality but but uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a nice catch twenty two or twenty three or whatever <laughs> twenty two yeah uh, twenty two yeah. <laughs> um I almost said it right <laughs> you said it right the first time you, you shouldn't no, I second said catch. 20, 21 catch 21 it's 22 right it's 22 although I there's said catch 21 and there's a 23 <laughs> there's a seafood it. restaurant called catch 21 huh. um oh. i don't know why that is i don't know why they didn't just make it they probably, <laughs> maybe they, they probably didn't know did either. the same mistake as me yeah. <laughs> uh i yeah there it's there's some tension but it's also i think i I, I started thinking about it a little while ago and it's been sort of helpful to me as um, as artists are um, producers of problems and everybody else is problem solving you know mm -hmm. and when I'm when I'm working for an artist uh, fabricating his stuff uh, sort of doing what he's told I, I'm I'm problem solving you know he needs mm. more hands mm. and I'm and I'm those extra hands and I'm and I'm getting it done and mm. we know how to do it and we, we just have to do it mm. and at a certain point you know for him I don't know if he's there yet because he's still pretty young and for other people it's it's different ways but um, he, he's problem solving too he's got a gallery and they say uh you know you're gonna have a show solo show years. every two years yeah. and uh, fill up the space and we'll sell it all and and mm. so he's he's solving that problem mm. but i think when it's really art it's you, you know you're, you're producing new problems mm. and uh and that's also i guess some thing. people it's, call it's, that subversion or as soon as you uh, as soon as you come in this threat mill where actually your gallery becomes your employer right mm -hmm. in a in an indirect way you know and you start producing to you know keep the ball rolling you know you you start producing you don't start creating and you start producing you know you come up with witty ideas you you know you you put a bit of art sauce on it and you sell it as as uh, you know as gold yeah you know and and, and i don't need, i don't think i don't think we need to beat ourselves up about that too much though i think i, I, think, I think that that's fine because working the desk job Mm. is is fine it's yeah. a, it's okay to do but mm. i think that i i chose art because i was hoping that maybe for a second at some point i might be able to do something else too mm. and you you know it could also be said that um that you know you could you could have that moment when you're producing a problem at at a desk you know mm. working for somebody else mm. so uh, I just, I just think. Uh, think about the people who made the atom bomb, for example. They right. made, a huge, <laughs> made a huge problem, right? I mean, it's a uh, massive problem, yeah. And conceptually, that's quite fascinating. Wow, let's make something which can destroy us, yeah, on such a level that we can't come back from it. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, you know, yeah. That, that's that's my, it's that's truly subversive, and it changed changed the way history went. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is uh, 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 another interesting. Uh, path I might want to pursue is, is exactly this kind of how uh, how insignificant art actually is because I mean the real uh, I read did you read um, David Hockney book about you know his his thesis that uh, basically since the 1430s they've been using all kinds of camera obscuras to project and make paintings because mm -hmm. after that point all of a sudden everything becomes realistic 
mm-hmm. but slight, slightly kind of skewed because of lenses and 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 uh. whatnots. Uh huh. No, I didn't read that. No. David Hockney, David the painter. Hockney. Yeah, he he okay. kind of went into his research for two years and huh. And re- it's a nice book, and uh, but uh, you know that's another thing that you know a small technological thing changed the art, and that changed changed again when photography came. You know, right. where realistic wasn't interesting, and all of a sudden, uh, art became crappy again. You know, mm-hmm. in exclamation marks. Right, right. You know, right. it got it got You know, to a level where where I think we're living quite an interesting time because well, if they were using a camera obscura, it must not never have been that skilled, hmm? right? Well, no, that's not true. You're I just mean, a technician at that point, uh, right? Uh, you know, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna do a painting and you use a projection to kind of you know help you out, you know, yeah, you make a picture, you project it. You still have to make those brush strokes, and you can suck at it, and you can. And you, if you're good, it's going to be great. If you're not going to be good, it's going to suck. Wow! But are you saying that Degas not good? Hmm? Are you saying yeah, that the he, impressionists he, weren't weren't he, good? Yeah, yeah, but you know they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they were different times where where another technology took over again. You know where where which I mean, why Degas was making his paintings like that was because of photography. Because uh, and you know, and photography was part of an industrialization of of you know, mother times arriving, or whatever, and and uh, uh, all of a sudden, the artist was freed of representing the world and telling mm-hmm. stories, you know? right? And and they they were free and they could go wherever they wanted. So they tried to figure out where they go. You know, they invented modernism, then postmodernism, and then or you know, all these cubisms and, and yeah. impressionisms and otherisms, you know. Uh, to try to figure out what to do because they all of a sudden they didn't have a rudder anymore right and you know before that let's say before 1430s you know the church was dictating that to do and they you know they didn't have any skills to, to represent the world as they they, they saw it because it you know i mean uh i i really suck as a draftsman you know i can't i i can draw from life but it takes me a lot of time a lot of effort and i don't have the patience right mm-hmm. And and uh, um, so if I can use a projector, yeah, sure I do. Why not? It's just right. a tool, because I still have to do the the, the brush strokes. I still have to make the decisions. Okay, uh, how I'm gonna blend the colors? How I'm gonna you know which shapes I leave in, which shapes I leave out, right? Right. And and in that in that mix, you know, things will happen which are unexpected and which which are some absolutely. Kind of I I understand how. And of course, it's it's uh, well, this book did two things to me, you know. Mm-hmm. On one side, I have more respect for these artists. On the other side, I had less respect. Less respect because they were all copying each other. You know, mm-hmm. even the people who didn't use the camera obscura start to imitate imitate the camera obscura style. Right. Mm-hmm. So basically, it showed how small and interconnected that world was. Mm-hmm. You know, and and with that, it means it was it wasn't as diverse as you would hope. Right. And that goes for the world we live in now today too. Although we are an interesting time, I think where where um, uh, two things are happening. You know, there's a uh, you know there's still the de-skilling. You know, where where you're not supposed to be doing everything right and realistically and nice and beautiful, but at the same time, you know, the the technologies are now to, in such a developing stage that we can actually use them again and actually acquire that realism. Without and combining it with the de-skilling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I think sense? I think I know what you mean. That was a long monologue. <laughs> Sorry about that. I I think 
I think that um, those those guys were also uh, like 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 I read somewhere that all those Renaissance painters were primarily um, you know like uh, they they did they do like faux finishes they they'd like paint your place to look like it was made of marble or like mm-hmm. um, you know they do some like engraving in like a molding mm-hmm. along the wall or um, they'd they'd make your corner have like a little angel in it and mm-hmm. like oh if you wanted to do a painting on the wall too like we could do that too yeah, yeah it was you know, and, and yeah, the, it was a business it wasn't it wasn't I mean it wasn't as now that you you, you know I mean although I think what was it um uh, although yeah it moved away from from it got through this because the science came up again uh, uh, well and I, I had a had a different I don't know if I'd read it in that book or somewhere else but it was basically the the reintroduction of the zero in mathematics that made abstract thoughts possible hmm. and that happened in the 16th century or 17th century or something uh, that that it got wide widespread known again, because mm-hmm. as soon as you can uh, uh, think in the negative and in the zero, because zero doesn't exist in reality, right? And the negative doesn't right. exist in the reality either. It's either there, or it's you know, or or you know, yeah. or it doesn't exist, right? And doesn't exist is not the negative. You know, that's a that's an abstract concept of our right. description of that, right, 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 right. And 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 that made you could have. Like zero nails, though, right? You could have zero no, apples. You don't, you, you zero don't, you don't have nails. That means they're not part of reality. Uh huh. Right? That's not zero. Uh huh. None and zero are not the same. Not necessarily. Not in reality. Right. Yeah. It's not an integer. Yeah. Okay. So and and by reintroducing that in in the in the Renaissance, you know, abstract thought was possible, and that that also where the where the breakup between uh, religion and and uh, and art started you know where where all of a sudden you know they could depict normal scenes you know rich people showing their wealth uh, uh-huh. you know uh, breakfast tables uh, flower arrangements uh, landscapes without any people in it you know and express uh, uh, you know more abstract ideas until you come to the you know to the, the real you know the the real abstracts right you know Right, right, right. All uh, this is this is. I mean, I'm not. I don't know. Right. This was just a. I mean, this wild, uh, wild thought of mine. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I mean, but we're still we're still talking we're still talking in terms of painting, right? Mm. No, but um, this is this also goes for sculpture. But sculpture was a bit behind painting because painting is a quicker medium, and sculpting is is still because you're you're. Uh, this has to do with material. You know, I, uh, I build a lot of installations, and there's a lot of logistics involved. So mm-hmm. often there's a lot of people involved. So, so that's traditionally more structured as a business, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you you know you have to uh, uh, relocate, uh, transport, uh, much more complex things than you know paintings. I don't say it's not a non-existent in paint because it is. Cause you need a store your works. It's also objects, but they're you know generally smaller and easier to move and 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 all that. Unless you you know paint in ginormous sizes, but right but uh, uh nonetheless you know there's a also the the process of painting is is a, a representation 
while while uh, sculpting is a is a representation but also a physical thing yeah you, with painting too of course you get the the paint there too but you know it's there's an image in sculpture and it's like manifest yeah if you talk in, yeah if you're talking I mean, grad, gradations you know the 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 sculpt sculpting is sculpting is more real than paintings it doesn't that has nothing to do with the value you know i mean but uh right but it uh, uh yeah because you, you can walk around the uh it's sculpture harder and, and it's harder with a painting you know even if you hang a painting in free floating in the air you know you're still going to have a back and a front and the front is where the uh, action is there's also people who paint on round canvas I, I, you know or a bowl <laughs> or whatever but then you then you get into sculptural uh, fields already again sure you know so yeah yeah so, I, I don't know I don't know what the the limits of of painting are I, I guess I think probably I think of of exhibitions much more uh, as as the sort of form of of art today, mm. uh, the exhibition itself, the the gallery, the museum, the white cube <laughs> is the frame. The works are it's sort of whatever. That's a really interesting thought. I... Uh, and you know it it, it gets sort of gets close to curation then, and curators take on a lot more power. And mm. but I I sort of think that's all fine. I mean I don't think. I, and and I also don't know if it matters that much because if you're if if making a real work of art is is being subversive if it's uh, producing a problem mm. then uh, then then it it doesn't it doesn't really you don't have to be painting to produce problems you know no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems like that's just a, s some way that you know I, I've thought about more than mm. more than other ways i guess because i decided to go to art school mm. um i you know any painter will say that that painting will always exist and you know people claim that it's disappearing all the time and it doesn't really go away and i'm not claiming that it that it's going to go away i'm i'm sure it will always exist but i also don't really think that it it matters that much mm. you know some sometimes i call myself a painter and i do work in painting a fair amount but it just mm -hmm. seems sort of sort of irrelevant to yeah. to art, yeah. you know. It's it's really interesting because if you look at history and the, the thing that survived, it's not that much paintings. I mean, there's some cave paintings which really survived, but most what survived is sculptures or buildings, right? Right. And and m most of them who really survived is by relatively unknown artists, right, or or artisans or, or whatever. Sure. Right? And this is a uh, you know the, the the age we're living now, which is me, me, me. So even the architects, you know, want to express themselves through a building, right? Which is a egomaniac stance. Yeah, but yeah. you see, you see it reflected in all the things around you. I mean, yeah, and and you know, they're not well, creating. I think exer ex uh, you know having having some sort of presence in the thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know self expression again like that that sort of sticks and miss my side. But but wanting wanting to be. I don't, wanting to make it yours is I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a bad and putting but putting it's a noble your, thing yourself you know, this is, investing uh, yourself in it in that way is maybe as, a good as, thing. as far as I know history and I know history not that well you know it's mm -hmm. a it's a, a you know a ruler might want to express himself through a building you know right 
or 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 right, religion right, right. wanted to express themselves through a building. But I think you know, it's great that person, if everybody has the agency, feels they have the agency to to yeah. do that too. You know, but that a person wants to express himself through through a building or through through a work of art. You know, just that person. You just you know, this is my unique thoughts. This is my unique beings. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you can argue if if there is such a thing as a uniqueness, but. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier with if people are different or the same, right? Right. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> that aside, <laughs> you know, it's a novel thing in history that that we express these things. So I'm quite interested how that 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 holds out over time. Let's say in two thousand years, when they look back on this era, it's like, oh yeah, this was the egomaniac era, you know, where they needed to express themselves. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> well, I I, you know, hope, I I don't know. I mean, I, I hope know. that I hope that that doesn't go away. I like it. I I, th- I think it's good when people well, when l- people feel you know it. It also encourages people to have something to express. Mm. I guess I you guess know? it will it will last our lifetimes. But but don't you believe that at a certain point we we come to the limits what we can express? And I don't m- mean that we can go in. I mean, there's always variations we haven't tried out. But I mean, well, I think a lot of times expression comes down is it, it, you're you're, t- you're talking about having a new idea. If you're just expressing yourself for the sake of, you know, then you're then you're going to, whatever uh, hot topic and buying another Nirvana T-shirt, right? Hmm. Um, then no, oh, nothing wrong with the Nirvana T-shirt. <laughs> nothing wrong with the Nirvana T-shirt, <laughs> absolutely. But um, you know, there's there's a certain kind of self-expression that's that's not really self-expression at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of gratuitous. I mean, maybe it is, but in that case, yourself is not. It's not, not at all unique. unique. Yes, and I think it's it's that is that pursuit of of uniqueness that that but, attempt to to make let, something your own that that is a really great thing and shouldn't be something that should should no, be but reserved for kings or something. No, like but that. let's yeah, I, I totally agree. But let's project this on the artist. You know who who uh, um, you're supposed to be uh, the forerunners or or you know trying to think different and whatnot, and but take this okay, you know. Uh, Aren't we putting on like just a different Nirvana shirt and say that we're expressing ourselves while we do exactly the same as anyone else in our field, right? As artists, I'm sure in most everything that we do, we're we're doing that. But hopefully, there is some small way in which hmm. in which we're not. Well, the other the other thought I ha- I have with that is is um, um, you know to to make exceptional work, you have to have an exceptional life. Right, this could be a this could be a let's say a thesis, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you have to define okay, what is an exceptional life? Because yeah, I mean, if you if you uh, um, yeah yeah, how do you define an exceptional yeah. life? Right? And, I don't know. And it, I mean, is it true? And first of all, do you need to have an exceptional life to create something exceptional? Or well, a friend of mine said something to me the other day that that was really useful and nice to hear. Um, because when she works, uh, it's, it seems like for me, it's like, it's always so intuitive and it's so, uh, without justification and kind of, you know, she, she agonizes decisions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she works hard at it and, and, and she really, she really tries, Mm -hmm. but she's not, she's not trying to make, um, some decipherable meaningful object that you know is gonna is gonna be like 
ultimately satisfying. Mm. She's trying to do something that I, I don't even, I can't even totally tell what, what her goal is in the end, mm. but it's very responsive and intuitive. And, and I was, I kept saying, I, I'm always trying to like unpack this meaning. Like, what is this thing doing? You know? Mm. Um, and, and it's never satisfying. The work is never really doing exactly what because I wanted you, to be. And she, and she said, which, it, which I thought was really the great thing is like that, uh, that, that the work is never going to, it's never going to solve your problems for you. It's never, mm-hmm. the work is never going to sort anything out. Yeah. I, I, I want to, uh, um, mention another thing in regards to it. it might it not be that you're you're speaking two languages there you know first you're speaking a, a, um, a visual language mm-hmm. and then you try to put your I say uh, mental co- you know intellectual concepts on that right and and in that discrepancy you're never going to have it right because there you know there's going to be stuff lost in translation yeah 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 um, but sometimes you feel a little bit like when when you maybe when you look at at somebody else's work you can you can get a sense that like you get it even mm. though you couldn't say it mm. or like write an essay about it mm. you know that that takes a real talent mm. um but you can kind of feel like you you got it you mm. sorted it out and um and i guess and it was sort of that that i that i was searching for and her response and you know she maybe is wrong about this but she she just sort of said like, um, it's it's not you're not gonna find it there, mm. like that satisfaction, mm. that completeness of being is not. No, you're, I, you're not you're not gonna be made whole by you, your you, artwork. You might have to go into Buddhism or something <laughs> yeah. like similar to, <laughs> yeah. to to get to that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or or you, you just don't you, you think that art is also kind of being this constantly dissatisfied being, which because you know, that. Because as soon as you're satisfied, what's the need to to create? Yeah, right. That's that that seems true. Or or uh... I mean, let's say let's say okay, tomorrow you you um, uh, um, no, uh, you're an average person, and next day you're gonna have a hundred million in your account, right? From mm-hmm. one day to the other. Um, uh, what kind of decisions are you gonna make, right? You're gonna make different decisions if you know if you I mean if you have already 100 million in your account and you you know you start doing art you do it for different reasons right but but if you if probably you, to make money right hmm? yeah to to make money or because you don't have to care about money and you just want to you know piss off your parents or you want to you know you want to yeah or you ha- really have something to say I mean first of all you have an exceptional life if you have that kind of money so you know you might mm-hmm. have something interesting to say yeah mm. Uh, so uh, uh, and I don't mean like oh this is how I see the world blah 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 but hey my perspective on the world is so different than most people's hey this this could be interesting for everyone right mm-hmm. uh, what you were talking about earlier the sharing part mm-hmm. so uh, that that's why I was also referring to this exceptional life what what does it mean to have an exceptional life because because how can you ex- uh, develop exceptional thoughts and ex- exceptional uh, expressions if you if you if you don't have an exceptional life I you know as I said I, it's not yeah. it's not it's not something I'm just throwing it out I don't say it's it's true it could also be the opposite that you, you know, yeah or it could be, be you know it's quite likely it doesn't really matter what kind of life you have if you have it in it in you it comes out or not right right 
And well, it another... seems like there's a lot of I I don't I don't really totally know where this uh, where this fits in, but you always have this. Usually in in popular culture, I guess mm. you have this like icon that has like made the scene. Mm. I mean, uh, to go back to Nirvana, Kurt Cobain is probably one of those guys. Or I usually, when I'm thinking about this, I I often think of Bruce Springsteen. Hmm. Or uh, I mean, I guess these are all American pop culture references, American like music rock band guys. Hmm. But there's always uh, like like what's this guy from Limp Bizkit? He's yeah, a he's kind of, uh, Fred Durst. Yeah, he's maybe a good example too. Do you know who I mean? That that's that's like maybe too. It was Fred, it was a terrible band. Li- yeah, and he's a Biscuit terrible guy. Just just after I you know yeah. then then I already started studying. <laughs> okay, and well I, I'd never got whoever into that. it is, whoever mm. it is, right? Johnny Rotten or mm. or whoever. Mm. Um, they they kind of like like produce a, a type of person in the world mm. like they're imitated so regularly afterwards and mm. there wasn't really that guy before but then he sh- sort of showed up and, now you that got girl, 10 million clones, and then you yeah, have yeah. 10 million clones of them um so so that's probably an exceptional guy right mm. and it often seems well, like th- that talking th- about nirvana i've been just recently i've been watching a lot of documentary because i was really into it when i was from when I was fourteen, uh-huh. he he died when I was fourteen. So uh-huh. so I got into it after after he died. Sure, uh, but I didn't. Ne- Nevermind wasn't the first record. I, I think I bought Bleach actually as the first record, which okay. is quite weird. I don't even know why I did that, but I did that right. And uh, well, there there was a time I think before YouTube, and you automatically knew which one was the most popular because it like came up the first well, in the never, search engine. Never. You just go in the record shop and you go to the Nirvana section and you have to decide which yeah, one to get. Yeah. It's up to you. So yeah, just going in a record <laughs> shop. I did that so much and now I, you know I can't yeah. be bothered, right? Right, right. But uh, um, uh, so I, I really got into that that thing. So I was watching, you know, as you do something. I just watching some some um, some documentaries. He's actually quite a dick. He was just an arrogant, <laughs> famous, uh, and he wasn't famous. But you know, he just this pose of you know I don't want to be famous, but I'm famous and. This this whole spiel, uh-huh. it was actually quite uncharming. I found on this this side of the story, <laughs> right? Like 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 I haven't watched 20, that much stuff. Twenty about, twenty about years him. after, you know. So uh, he really was a guy, though. He really he really catalyzed a lot of a lot of people in the nineties to not not give a shit about success. I hey, think he he I think he he had a huge influence on me going into the arts as well. You know, I. I I he because he inspired me to do, start playing music. So I you know I, I played a lot by myself because I got kicked out of every band I played in because I you know I couldn't hold the beat or whatever or I was uh, the wrong uh, band or uh-huh. I was even kicked out of my own band. So, you know. <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, you know he inspired me to do that and to do it not caring about doing it. You know and just I you know standing there and making a fool out of yourself and just yeah. do it right. Yeah, yeah. And and to kind of let go of a certain kind of fear and just start expressing yourself and. And then I found out, you know, I, I started reading a lot cause about fame and how, how these rock and roll artists were living and things. And basically I found out I, I lost more and more respect for musicians, you know, mm. not, not for their skills, but but they have to do the same song over and over and over again. You know? Yeah, that's good. And it takes rough. a certain certain type. It's the same with acting, you know, at least stage acting. You know, you have to play the same role like several nights in a row or you know for a yeah. couple of months and you in that role and then you switch to a different role and and i mean in art it's more or less the same but but you're 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 not 
uh, on the front yourself. You know, as an artist, you can be world famous without everybody know, without anybody knowing you, right? Uh huh. Or there's just a uh, you know <laughs> world famous without anybody knowing you. Yeah, there's maybe yeah. three or four artists. You know, Jeff Koons, Damien Hirst. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. We who, tell ourselves that, but even those guys, nobody knows. Nobody no, knows but you know, a wider wider audience knows them. Just that's yeah. not just the artist, but you know. If you you know if you tell me how, how does Damien Hirst look, I know he has black glasses on now and again, but other than that, he's quite indistinct, right? <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, and and I wonder if I'd recognize him on the street. I wouldn't. Yeah, probably not. I can't really summon his voice yeah. right now. Yeah. I know I have a pretty good sense of what Mike Kelly looked like. Yeah, me too. Me too. He was pretty distinct looking. Yeah. And he, but he also dangled with music, so he was also the, the, That's true. the we, kind of guy. We saw guy. his face around more. Yeah, so he was also more and more, uh, more into that maybe. But um, uh, no, so so I figured out. Oh wow, that fame fame bit is quite interesting. But it's as again, it's pretty meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you know you don't get any satisfaction out of that. You know, it's more a pain in the ass. I mean, you get monetary satisfaction. You get. You know, you get access to worlds you would otherwise no have no access to, and if you're into that, you know that's great. You know, but but just the fame itself is is more harmful than any any use. Well, and, I I I brought up the the idea of this sort of super famous, uh, you know, cult figure or not cult figure, but but pop culture figure that that makes a sort of cult of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I was just thinking about this the idea of a, this exceptional guy. And I and I feel like those must must be some version of an exceptional guy, but so many of them come from such sort of mediocre, do nothing, nowhere backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of the reason that they're so inspiring is because of that. I think you know, like the masses get behind them because they because they easily could step into those shoes. Well, so I wonder if exceptionalism really has like like when you say an exceptional life, I think you're probably right. And an exceptional person makes exceptional art, but I don't know if an exceptional life is exactly what it sounds like it means, like mm. that you've seen crazy things in the world and and done crazy things. Maybe you, maybe you just have a certain way about you that's expe- exceptional. Well, you know, exception. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's it's good you diversify it because you know, as I said, I just threw out this idea, so I, I haven't yeah. really thought about it that much. So I'm doing it as <laughs> we're talking, you know, as you were doing, and uh, um, but if you if you yeah if you look at a Kurt Cobain who grew up in a broken family in in the middle of nowhere, far away, and and you know uh, you know that's also why I probably related him as, as a teenager. You know, I was in in the middle of the Netherlands in an insignificant town where nothing happened and. You know, basically we had to make it happen right yeah and we didn't we didn't have a network where we could fit in and do whatever we want and and you know feel feel at home you know because your need to to break out is non-existent there right that's also what I was referring to to when I was talking about you know the, the basically the the systems we artists have available now you know that I mean you can have a show if you want you know no matter where you 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 get a show you you know there's there's enough galleries out there even though it's hard to get in and blah blah but you know if you don't get in you create your own venue whatever you know it's right. uh, 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 it's very easy to empower yourself and yes and and uh, it's right up there with fashion and uh, yeah. music right now as like you know art yeah. is is a is a pop culture sort of 
Yeah, it's a thing you do. You know, on Sundays you go to openings because it's free. You get some booze. Uh, I know. I know. And... Uh, really, sort of, uh, uh, well-to-do, successful family. One of the sons is like an aspiring politician, worked on the mm-hmm. Obama campaign and stuff like yeah. that. The other one's a doctor. Yeah. The other one's a lawyer, and the other one's an artist. Yeah. You know, and it's like right. In, it's perfect. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. So he's not a black sheep. It's not weird. It's not. No, no, exactly. It's, it's, That's what I'm saying. It's it's. Uh, 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 you know, so to break out of this is nearly impossible because, you know, everything is okay, you know? Mm-hmm. You can have your success. You know, of course, you have to work for it. You know, it's not, it doesn't come come to you for free. But, you, you know, if you, if you put in enough effort, you know, you're going to get some results. You know, and you might, you might not be rich of it. You might not, you know, reach the top, you know, because that's, you know, it's a winner-takes-all kind of world still. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but you can, you know, you can have a great life. You know, you don't have to to suffer like the impressionists and live in poor quarters. You know, hang out with the horse and the on the street corners. And you, you know, could though, if you wanted to, that might be fun. You could, but but it's the same thing that rock stars now are starting to use heroin. You know, while while the jazz musicians who started using heroin, they were miserable, right? They didn't do it because it was cool. They they did it because they were miserable. You know. Yeah. And they came from miserable lives and miserable backgrounds. You know, and they didn't have this fame carpet and and you know when when these big rock bands uh started using dope and stuff it wasn't, wasn't because they were you know because that's cool to do you know you had you were a rock star you were supposed to do that because you know all these older musicians did it too yeah the difference is you know they were imitating these people who were just miserable right right uh, and uh, which is maybe similar to like uh, cultural foods, right? The foods which you know are highest priced are often peasant foods. You know, the people who had nothing, who had to kind of invent something and were living on that, all of a sudden becomes like you know a national dish. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't really matter what what it is. It can rise yeah. to prominence if it's yeah. I don't know, new or subversive or yeah. different or so, something. So it doesn't. I don't know what that quality is. No, so so I think you know we're living in tough times because you know what 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 can you make significant? What what hasn't been cr- created? And this is a question which runs through time. I mean, this is I mean, this is also what uh, you know yeah. the, the impressionist asked themselves, right? Okay, you know, everything seems locked. How do we get out of here? Right. Well, I think I think that it's definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I if I stick with this idea of of producing problems then it's definitely you know i went to art school and i i I studied painting and sculpture and stuff like that and Mm. but you're absolutely right the way that it that it works in the world today and the number of galleries that exist and the history of it and the way it's received and perceived and the way that the market moves it around Mm. um it's completely predictable uh, uh, yeah it, it would be too predictable for a problem to be within like the old mediums of art the other thing is also you know as soon as as we artists create a problem to use your term you know Mm -hmm. it's it can be instantly integrated you know within uh, within other fields like i mean you you hear these stories uh, i mentioned this on the podcast before where where musicians like big musicians steal artists kind of expressions and use it in their pop videos and all of a sudden you know with with their twist on it or something and all of a sudden it becomes mainstream you know advertising agency who use strategies artists developed right concepts conceptual strategies or or visual strategies or or, you know to advertise and to to seduce the public and and you know movies uh you know translate 
much wilder concepts and ideas than than any artist can do because they have the budget to do it right to right. to push oh. the ideas much further than than anything else right and of course they put it in a in a in a digestible sauce but if you if you really that you know take that sauce away and see what's left it's it's pretty weird you know what you yeah. were mentioning earlier with with um with a um uh, Mariah Carey on a green screen sure you know yeah I'll where you where you yeah. take all the all the other stuff away and you're suddenly sitting with this you know the <laughs> yeah although i don't know if, if mariah carey herself is really the meat of mariah carey the product i think the really interesting part of that might be somewhere off camera yeah sure 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 but i mean uh, as a symbolic act that you remove all the all the things and you just have like you know all the all the noise sure. around it and you just keep the uh, you know the person yeah. singing in this this case yeah i wonder i wanted to ask you it it sort of came up and and you talked about the monotony of uh playing the same song again and again or being in a play and and playing the same character again and mm. again night after night and i was wondering uh if you thought it was important as an artist to produce um you know, bef before you before you get to that work that you're going to exhibit, mm. do you think it's important to produce uh, many different varieties, examples, work through it many times? It's a good question. Like, does it, does a painter need to to make paint? ten versions before it comes to the ultimate version? Yeah, or you know, I mean, maybe there's an example that's. Well, I'm I'm actually uh, I think we in an earlier conversation we talked about this. Uh, uh, I'm at the moment I'm in a process of trying to do my production differently. Where mm -hmm. I actually, you know, try that route, you know, where, because I've, I've never, you know, I started out like uh, when I did an installation, I had one small drawing and from that on I started building because mm -hmm. I didn't have the time or the money to, you know, allocate to the, to the, you know, to a, a, a prolonged period where I would play with the idea and refine it and change it. And, um, I think, I think both are, both are possible, you know, because there's enough examples of both. Um, but they uh, they each have their you know if you create create art in that that first version I was telling about uh, that generates a lot of energy and in that energy and and it and it uh, creates a, a quite often a, um, you know the tension of the deadline you know you have to deliver because you know tomorrow the show opens and that energy if you wield it right can get great results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it has its limitations because you know first of all you you can only reach a certain a certain complexity you know because uh, um uh yeah because you have time constraints you know if you have to uh send 500 corners you know you don't have the time for that right right and that you know would just get that small sheen which would make it brilliant for example you know mm -hmm. uh, it's a ridiculous example but y you know what i'm getting at yeah um uh uh so you know if you use it other things where you you know where you work on an uh, on a on a work or on a project or on a um, concept or or like a combination of these things for a long time and where you actually you know you try out a thing and you say ah, maybe i have to adjust it a bit like this and you you fine-tune it you know um you lose some of that spontaneous energy Mm -hmm. you know but you you gain like a, a maybe a more focused visual language mm -hmm. which uh, 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 I think hold might hold up longer time because you know uh, 
if you if you create these short works in these energy bursts, you know it might fit a time really well, but you don't you know it might next week it might look stale already, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it could hold up, but that's more accident than anything else. I mean uh, that's a, that's how I experience my own work at least. You know, like some pieces held held up for my, for myself, and I don't I don't care what other people think, but for myself some pieces held up in that energy and I'll, I always try to decipher you know you know where your question also comes from okay why is that why do these pieces hold up and 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 the others don't mm. and some has to do with kind of yeah like this the situation you were in or the mentality you were in but I think most of it is just luck and and uh, so my question in trying to produce the other way is is to see okay uh, um has that to if you create like that has it also to do with luck to create good works or you know by creating less and being more precise uh, do you hit the mark more often which which might be a completely foolish way of thinking because you know you're you're i say you're solving problems right well um hmm are you solving problems you're not really solving problems because you don't really have a problem to begin with the ineffability of that thing that you're making that you don't really know what you want well you to want have it be. you 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 want to create something and you don't know what that is that's yeah. a huge problem we were to, we were trying to to kind of put words on that one earlier and we both both of us were stumbling <laughs> you want to create right? something and you don't know what it is that's a huge problem so when you create that thing you you have solved the problem that's that's the resolution i guess so yeah Mm. I guess so, and that seems you're right. Seems a little yeah. stale, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna try out. You know, it, I mean, uh, uh, but yeah. But I think there's, I mean, a, a real motivation. Is that for you, you too? Maybe that you know, that you wake up when you're whatever seventy or something, and you look back on what you made, and you or eighty, you know, like the day before you die, or. Whatever, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever age it is, and you're looking back at your work and saying, oh, "Fuck, I never made it, right? I never, I never hit that mark. I never, kind of, got to the point where I think, yeah, wow, this is this is beyond myself, right?" Right. Well, I think, but I think that that, that that's kind of. I mean, I, th I think in some ways that that is. Like we we have we have produced a problem for ourselves. Mm. in 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 trying to figure out like what what it what what we're talking about even mm. you know <laughs> <laughs> what is what is that thing that you're that you're gonna look back when you're dead and mm. feel like you didn't get like i don't i don't know mm. no and it might be the complete it might be the com complete wrong attitude because i mean maybe you know quite likely i mean uh, uh you can also see that artists just accidental thing you do you know which just makes up a small part of your life and which goes counter to the kind of the cliche of the artist who is all consuming into his art uh, you know to create this, this sublime expression whatever right right which, which is which is one of the many cliches which is haunting art and and holding art prison mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and uh, uh i the artist genius that just exudes it has always been the cliche that that has kind of really attracted me though mm. the guy who's slaving away in his studio all the time every day his whole life uh 
that that seems like a little bit silly and as i get older it becomes more and more appealing but mm. definitely for most of my life i've uh i've i've much preferred the sort of opposite cliche mm. of the of the really lackadaisical um stoner loser mm. that just sort of exudes brilliance mm. uh, without without even totally meaning to without, or maybe he totally effort, means to without... but without any effort yeah mm. just comes spilling out you know the merlin carpenter who hangs or makes the show like hours before the opening mm. you know that but it's often a lie because i mean that show is you know sure it's of always course. you know that and that but that's also i am mean, interested in these lies i don't think it's a negative thing i think it's i mean all all artists are fooling themselves first of all right mm-hmm. and and we could i mean look how we're mumbling just to try to come to some kind of understanding what we're doing and we've been doing this for quite a time quite a while <laughs> yeah, now, for, right? for years. on a high professional <laughs> level we still we're still doing we're still not able to define, uh, you know. I mean, scientists got further uh, in describing the universe than we did describing what we're doing, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, I think, it, and, and that's that's really appealing to me that you know we don't have an answer and we still have, still have something to talk about, right? And right. we're talking about the same thing, and you know, I think a lot of people, you know, uh, most people can't be bothered to to have these discussions. Mm-hmm. Or you know have these talks about uh, you know what it all means in that sense and and I think you know, that that might be a, a communal drive also to kind of hey let's figure out the un 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 figure outable <laughs> unsolvable yeah yeah hmm. Hmm. yeah you have to sort of create the unsolvable to figure it out though yeah you have to you have to figure out what the question is. Hmm. I mean, I mean, in relation to that, um, what art do you really appreciate? I mean, what what is the art that inspires you? And this is uh, hmm. might be a tricky question. I don't know. I I try and sort of draw like some correlation through it all and and figure out what it is that uh, appeals to me. I mean, different things at different times. Um, I, I think that a lot of it is, uh, is sort of like, um, I, again, like, like the, like the work isn't, the work itself isn't what's going to complete you. What's, what's the most fulfilling. It's like also you. Mm. So, um, when I'm, when I'm dealing with one thing or another, one thing or another appeals more or less. Mm. But there is definitely a, a, I do, I do sort of general, generally like, um, the, the really minute gesture when showing somebody something, um, is like sort of least confused with like creating something, you know, mm. that, that it's really that when presentation is, is pared down mm. as little, um, I, I like this guy Oliver Larrick a lot, who who made that Mariah Carey video. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does a lot of work on online, sort of um, re-editing YouTube clips and mm-hmm. and talking about uh, different versions of things that he sort of repre- represents in like a which, pleasant uh, sequence. Which um, uh, what's his name with the happy song, basically ripped off. The happy song. Um, um, 
Pharrell and Pharrell, yeah. He 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 made like he's like started this video in one country and then had all people around the world basically I think play back or dance. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Which is you know. Yeah, totally. Actually, in I think it was like two thousand six or something like that. Not really that long ago, uh, when Fifty Cents, I think in the club came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like some rap song. Oliver Lyric made a video uh, of like you know three seconds of each of like I don't know fifty. I mm. think actually probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> fifty people um, singing singing the Fifty Cent song yeah. um, in their rooms to themselves you know sitting yeah. in front of the computer yeah. trying to pretend that they were a thug. One of our no one of our first shows with Alan Butler he had a video like that too where where um, uh, it was this this YouTube uh, mosaic with people singing the same song. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely something that that uh, totally is coming out of, of internet culture and mm-hmm. YouTube and stuff like that. I saw the Matthias Fallbacken show at, at Standard when I got here, and I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty taken by that. Mm-hmm. Um the you know framed cardboard boxes and cut out oxygen helium tanks mm. you know it's like there's something that's he's he's just showing you containers right mm. there there there's the the gesture is in some ways it feels like very very small mm. um and there's not there's not a huge amount of like creation going mm. in there yeah uh I like that kind of stuff. There's another guy um, who jeez, uh, um, uh, I'm I'm totally blanking on his name now. I haven't thought about him in a while. He's a pretty young British British artist. Um, Vanna Michelle is his last name, mm. and he's he does these like uh, sort of spoken word presentations over slides about mm. um trips that he's taken to f- figure out various like sort of personal mysteries mm. how he got the name that he got and stuff like that uh so again it's like it's really showing um more than making mm. i think that that's always really appealed to me mm. yeah that didn't help me to make more more of a picture which is good i think <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move away from the art for a while. Okay. <laughs> if you're, if you're, uh, I, 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 I feel my brain is is starting to fill up. We can also uh, close off the the podcast if you want, or is there more you wanna you wanna talk about? Oh, urgent issues or urgent issues or. Uh, desires to be expressed or well you know it's 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 nice talking to you it's it's easy to do things keep coming up so i i could keep talking but i don't have anything that i need to talk about (laughs) (laughs) i think um i think we uh we should call it a call it a day okay then sounds good uh, and then next time you're around we do one more sure or if I'm around in your neighborhood, we'll do one there. Yeah. Come over to Keichung and do one yeah. there. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Yeah. Mm, sounds good. Cool, cool. Well, 
thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me cool that you're back in town here and uh, and uh, well uh, good night and uh, I don't have a good closing for the show it's really pathetic so I, I always have start like a, yeah I well, should have a jingle or something but I, I don't so just uh, goodbye will do <laughs> goodbye goodbye, goodbye.